to the Caffeinated Thoughts Podcast. Hi, this is Shane Vanderhart. Welcome back to another episode. For this episode, I wanted to share a conversation I had with Lieutenant Colonel Sargis Sangari. He's the CEO and founder of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. He's a retired U.S. Army colonel who saw extensive combat in the Middle East as a Special Operations Forces soldier, and who, after retirement, continues to advise the fledgling Assyrian Christian Army in Iraq with his military expertise. He's also running for Congress in Illinois' 9th Congressional District as a Republican. He and I talked about Antifa. Uh, he has some experience with Antifa during his uh, uh, military uh, experience with his military experience in Syria. Uh, he also uh, has vast experience with insurgencies. So he talked about uh, he, who Antifa is, uh, how they're infiltrating these protests we're seeing, um, how uh, uh, they're funded, how they're organized, and and what their ultimate goal is. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Colonel Sangari. Colonel Sangari, welcome to the Caffeinated Thoughts podcast. It's good to be here. So I, I just uh, a lot of my listeners may not be aware of who Antifa is. Could you just kind of give us a kind of a background of you know what what this group is? What you know are they well organized? You know who exactly are they? Well, um, I'm, they're well organized. Um, I we ran into Antifa as far as uh, I was concerned overseas uh, in 2015 uh, when they killed one of our commanders uh, on the ground for the Syrian army. Uh, when I retired after 20 plus years in the U.S. military, special operation forces, and U.S. Army infantry, uh, I established the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement which I found on September 11, 2014, and it was in commemoration of the Americans who were murdered uh, in the terror attacks on our soil and also recognition of those first responders that still today continue to suffer and die from the effects of those attacks. The first mission that we picked up was uh, in support of the Assyrian Christians who were going through a genocide in both Iraq and Syria. Uh, so we ran the Assyrian army force structures that were fighting on behalf of the Assyrian Christians uh, in both Iraq, Syria. And in Syria, there's a group that is called the YPG. These are socialist uh, Sunni Muslim Kurds that um, have been funded by Russia in the past uh, that constantly conduct attacks inside of Turkey, which is a NATO ally, even killing other Kurds. And uh, within their ranks, and you could even go right now and Google search, your listeners can do it and see that Antifa was there. These were Americans who were there trying to learn uh, tactics on how to conduct uh, uh, insurgency operations, uh, which the YPG conducted in both Turkey and Syria um, within the region. And, um, you know, they killed one of our commanders because uh, certain Christians are not socialists in their ideology. And... Uh, uh, in 2015, when the um, YPG Kurds ambushed and killed our commander, uh, at that time Antifa was on the ground. Uh, so these are the same individuals who have learned their training craft there and are now operating in our cities. Yeah, I guess when I and that's that's you know I, I'm a little more familiar with Antifa, so I, that kind of surprises me because for one thing we never really heard much about them back you know in 2015. It seems like they're getting a little they've been getting a little more attention over the past couple of years and 
of course, recently with the George Floyd protests. Um, why, uh, well, where, they rebrand oh. themselves. That's okay. why. Okay. Gotcha. So Occupy Wall Street, a lot of their members were in Occupy Wall Street and other organizations that were created in 2016 at that time by the Democratic machine to be able to, you know, um, work against the um, Trump campaign, the current POTUS. Um, even the I'm running myself for office here in the 9th Congressional District of Illinois for U.S. Congress under Republican nominee and the husband of the incumbent here had established an organization that was going after Trump. A lot of these folks that came from uh, uh, um, Occupy Wall Street, Antifa, they float around these organizations to make sure that they're tied themselves to the political apparatus in order to make sure that they have at least political cover in case we decide to go after them. Okay, and well, President Trump, at least for, via Twitter, uh, designated them as a domestic you know, uh, terrorist group. I don't know. Um, it, when that will be formally done via the FBI's uh, domestic terror watch group or list. But as far as, I mean, okay, I, I had somebody ask me the other day when I was responding to President Trump's tweet, you know, the, I said, good, they they should be added to this, this group. But they said, well, where can you sign up? You know, how, how do you, how do you learn about this group? I mean, it's not, it's not organized as a typical organization that we would think of, right? It's, it, it, it's no, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, look, I've ran insurgency operations. I've been trained on insurgency operations, and uh, it's just part of the insurgency operation, right? You have to have multiple levels of it. So some of those individuals that you have are what we call the useful idiot. You have to have that useful idiot, that young guy who has no clue. So when you name it Antifa, which says anti-fascism, it's just a name branding, right? Right. So anybody who says, well, I'm against Antifa, the young guy will say, what do you mean? You're against uh, fascism? But these are nothing more than what the uh, Nazi Germans use as the brown shirts uh, and uh, what the uh, uh, what the uh, um, what uh, the uh, black shirts were for uh, Italy uh, under their fascist leadership. So th- this is just part of a uh, part of a process that you need to have in place. Uh, Antifa is just a, a a portion of what foreign powers would like to be able to use uh, internally in the U.S. If you look at some of the pictures we're getting out of uh, um, out of Seattle, uh, and if you just put some of those individuals who are stroking these fires, uh, I mean, they're so blatant because they know that the political parties are bashing each other in the head. They're, they're not interested in pursuing the truth <laughs> they're only just about trying to you know uh, hold on to that group to that uh, uh, chair of power that they're going to have hopefully from their perspective in november that uh, uh, you have folks that are tied to tricom once you put them to facial recognition uh and uh you just got the news from orders that uh, uh iran and china are hacking into both presidential campaigns both for uh biden and the uh, Democratic nominee will be, and also President Trump, uh, who is a Republican uh, nominee right now for 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this is a reality of what we're dealing with, and Antifa is a piece of it. Uh, the guy on the ground who might be working for him may not know that he's being used. But uh, as I said, you always have to have those useful idiots, right, to run an insurgency operation. Right. So 
you're uh, if I heard you correctly, you're saying China's behind Antifa, or is are there are there other um, who who uh, who's, they, go ahead? Every everybody puts money into it. Uh, look, it, it's like anything else. It's a big party, right? So you get mm-hmm. a big party. Everybody's uh, it moves forward. That's how you run insurgency operations. You get people motivated to be part of it. You stroke those fires. Uh, the way you protect an organization like Antifa is you make sure that it has members that are tied to the political apparatus. So as an example, as I said, when the uh, incumbent's husband here, federally convicted felon, um, who uh, builds an organization that is trying to counter what the Republicans were doing in 2016 election, uh, Antifa will send his members to be part of the membership there because, of course, everybody needs help, right, with elections. So they bring right. people in. They don't know that this guy, they may may, may not know that the person is Antifa or is tied to to previous, uh, you know, um, um, Occupy Full Wall Street. And this way, when you start going after them, you realize if I go after Antifa now, they're, they're everywhere. They have branches, even in our own politicians that are currently sitting in the House or the Senate. So it becomes very difficult for the system to try to sever those lines. And it also becomes very difficult because when a politician realizes I'm about to lose a campaign, if suddenly they show the fact that I've been linked to Antifa, uh, they fight whichever way they can to ensure that it makes it more difficult for whether it be the police, law enforcement, or anybody else to go after them. Why? Because at the end of the day, that individual politician who's been compromised only cares about their seat and reputation. They don't care about, right. you know, cleaning out this mess because they've gotten themselves involved in, in, in these individuals. So the Chinese will put money into it. The Russians will put money into it. The Russians can turn around and give money to the YPG who has a relationship with these guys. Uh, you got uh, the way you run an insurgency, you have to set up uh, illegal means of getting money. Because once, if the government goes after you, and now you have to sever away from these political ties that you have, and you become nothing more than an operational arm on the ground, guess what? You're running drugs. Uh, I was on an interview a few days ago, and I said there's going to be a fight between the Latinos and the blacks in the uh, majority black neighborhoods, uh, where there's always an issue between the police and the uh, black community. And when you... Uh, when they ask why, I said, because now that police has occupied other places, Antifa's ties to the drug cartels that are being pushed out of the, uh, um, out of the, uh, um, um, out of South America, uh, uh, through the Honduras and Ecuadorian ties who have the Mexican, uh, links here that are going to be able to expand their footprint for the drugs in these neighborhoods for a turf war to expand their operations. Uh, all this is kind of tied together, right? So this is not just the, the, the kid who's 23 years old who, who wants social justice, uh, you know, who's joining Antifa because it's a cool sounding name and he believes that, you know, what is happening is for racial uh, equality. That guy has no clue that uh, behind this, there's China, there's Russia, there's Iran, there's a tri-border area that Iran and Hezbollah controls. There's open borders that uh, politicians have been pushing for that doesn't know that or knows that all this is moving that drug traffic into these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So this is what we call control chaos 
when you run insurgency operations, right? But all of them are planned for one reason only, and that is to affect the 2020 election. Because at the end of the day, whoever retains the power, controls the legislator, makes the decisions, and writes the laws that you and me have to abide by. You know, I guess I've never heard about their links to, you know, drug cartels. I, I, for this, the person that in, who may be listening is skeptical of this. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. What? Where's the evidence that they're they're linked to these groups? No, most of this is open source. What I'm telling you is mostly open source. We just don't do our do research. Uh, we don't do our due diligence. Um, and the, you could go to the numbers of arrests. You could look at who was arrested. Mm-hmm. You could do the research by the names, and you could see that that individual pops up on multiple radars. But the but the issue is that we just we don't we don't do well when it comes to doing deep dives from an American perspective. We like short sound bites, right? So right. Uh, and, and when when that's the type of lifestyle we live. That's who we are. Look, I can tell you that it's better for me if I'm running our insurgency to have Americans who really kind of do a shallow read on things. Mm-hmm. They don't do link analysis. They don't look at everything. Uh, they don't say this guy's tied to this guy to this guy. As an example, um, when I had to a certain army commander was sitting in my house in 2014. I put pictures of individuals going back to World War I uh, who were arrested uh, by the Turks during the first uh, war. And I said, do you know who this guy is? He said, I have no clue who this guy is. I'm like, this guy is tied to the guy who's tied to the chemical weapons out of Syria. He goes, but this is a picture from 100 years ago. I go, yes, but there's a linkage, right? These family members are linked. Uh, and then I put a picture uh, and I asked him, do you know what happened with, uh, uh, with Japan and the U S, um, in October of 2014, he goes, I don't know. I said, well, Japan bought most of our debt. He goes, what the hell does that have to do with my village in the middle of, uh, Northern Iraq that is being attacked by ISIS? I said, you have to understand this because this how foreign powers at the strategic level force their means and ways of taking advantage of their adversaries. So when Japan buys our debt, and Russia knows this, and Russia has been for 100 years trying to get into Syria to control two warm water ports, and that's been their wants and means from Alexander all the way to today's Putin, they're going to use whatever they can advantage-wise to get there. So what do they do during that time? They force their their connections through China with the Shanghai Corporation Organization that is tied to North Korea to put pressure against Japan, which means now Obama, who was trying to get out of the Middle East to focus on uh, South America, is now hampered to what type of a reaction he could have in Syria because he knows he can't fight a two-pronged war, especially when he's pulling out of the uh, Middle East. He's got still uh, troops in Afghanistan. Uh, you have to see the bigger picture. It is not just about your little village or your little town. Uh, take a look at what happened with the uh, death of this uh, uh, George Floyd. Uh, inherently, what happened? George Floyd was murdered on the police uh, 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 police custody. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when you look at the details of where was he killed? Well, it's all about messaging, right? 
He was killed in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, uh, is in charge of the police department, just like the mayor of Chicago is in charge of the police department. They're the chief executive of giving orders to that police department. Mm-hmm. So uh, he could have uh, intervened uh, way before this murder took place uh, and the death of Floyd because there were 18 prior complaints against this one police officer. Okay. Right. George Floyd was killed in a Minneapolis city, which is heavily Democratic city. Uh, the, 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 uh, actually, the Democratic Party in that city is the Democratic Farmers Labor Party, which was an alternative to what we see today as a being a far left organization. There was no city task force that was assigned to investigate the rampant racism, brutality, if you want to call it, within the police department. The Democratic mayor is ultimately the commander of the police force. He owns the uh, he owns them the DEA, the DA and the police chief and the IG all of them work for the mayor the mayor's Minnesota governor is also himself uh, Tim Walz is a DFL guy which is a Democratic farmer labor guy okay he's a member of it which is a far left organization alternative to what is today's far left in DC uh, did they do anything under these governors no they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. So George Floyd gets killed. Now what are they doing? They're positioning everything to be able to get themselves to create the narrative for the 2020 election. So they retain their seats and they make it that the current people in position of power like a Trump are the reason behind this. It's all. And in this, when I know who these people are, when I know that their ultimate goal for these individuals is to retain power and make sure they have a voting base large enough to retain that power. And if I'm Antifa or I'm a guy who's running insurgency using an Antifa, guess what? I'm going to come and use it. If I'm the Chinese, I'm going to pour money into it. If I'm the Iranians, I'm going to pour money into it so that I make sure as U.S. is too busy fighting itself internally, I'm over there cracking down on Taiwan, uh, you know, and doing what I needed to do based on the fact that I've had a 100- to 50-year plan of how I want to be this lead both military and economically over the United States. Our people have to understand this. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just that you are always in competition with the adversary and you're going to use any means, ways possible, whether it be drugs, human trafficking, uh, internal fights between uh, parties, uh, race riots to be able to conquer the enemy internally as you are able to maneuver yourself strategically to be strong. Our politicians today are fighting each other, especially the incumbents, are would do anything possible against anyone who's running against them to retain their power. Unfortunately, the chair that they're fighting over is probably says made in China on it because we have decided to advocate our manufacturing to, the, to our adversary. This is where we are today in America. This is what is happening. This is how... Uh, I, as a person who would run an insurgency, focuses on where the weak points are, exploiting those weak points in order to win for myself, not for America, if I'm an adversary. Right. Well, we've seen these, uh, the the George Floyd protests um, morph into what, you know, they started peaceful and then they morphed into something, you know, beyond peaceful. I mean, rioting, looting. Um, you know, even in here in Des Moines, Iowa, we've we've seen that happen. Fortunately, the past few days has been peaceful, and we haven't had any 
civil unrest, but over the week last weekend, we had you know three days of rioting, which is like unheard of here in Des Moines. Um, how how are how how is Antifa hijacking organizations? Because you know it seems like, and I've even noticed here in Des Moines, there's a different group of antagonizers that are separate from the the, the peaceful protest. Look, uh, any street militia that uses violence to suppress free speech and votes uh, votes is fascist to begin with, right? Right. Uh, but like I said, that's why they call themselves anti-fascism. It's a marketing ploy. Um, what do you call them? The KKK, the Black Shirts, the Brown Shirts, or the Red Pioneers, uh, the Communist Youth, BAM, uh, or Antifa today. It's all the same. Okay, these are there's no difference. These are organizations. This works. This this formula works, folks. Okay, uh, it works uh, in 2020. It has worked in 1960. It will work in uh, 2050. Okay, uh, it's like the franchise. You know, you could put a uh, you could have burgers in a franchise system will work. You could have pizza in a franchise system will work. You could put selling chicken in a franchise system works. In itself, in its construct, this system works. So if you notice, even on social media, you have a lot of members of Black Lives Matter that uh, are actually ground people that may not know the strategic politics of what's happening, videotaping saying, what are you doing? Why are you spraying Black Lives Matter, Antifa folks, because they're blaming us. Uh, You've seen previous individuals who were part of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, that uh, uh, which initially started because a politician didn't do anything anyway, right? right? It wasn't the interest of a politician to do anything. So these organizations sprouted out, and the politician on the other side knows that Black Lives Matter doesn't have a uh, place on the table when it comes to passing legislation, but it alleviates the pressure on the politician who doesn't want to do anything. So he pushes these organizations forward, says, I'm with you, I'm behind you to keep themselves in their seat. They have no want or desire to bring about social justice or change. They need to have, they need to have this constant fight to take place in order for them to justify why they should be the representative in Congress sitting there for 20 to 30 years getting paid $200,000 per pop uh, a year just voting straight party lines, okay? Mm-hmm. So they need to have this division for them to be viable to retain their seats. So the way Antifa works, Antifa is just part of those systems. It is part of the larger process of trying to retain power. And Antifa uses violence. I mean, this is open source, what I'm telling you. I'm not even telling you what really is behind the process. I'm telling you what we know in open source. So this way your, your viewers can go Google search everything I said verbatim. Take every sentence I said, go, you'll find an article behind it. You'll find something that was reported AP, CNN, Fox, wherever you want to. You'll find something there, uh, even from the folks on the ground. So that's all it is. It is just a part of a process to retain border base, right? You have to know what black looks like to understand what white is. You need to know what white looks like to understand what black is. You cannot have it so bland where regular Americans say, you know what, I'm going to go and I'll actually vote for the best candidate after. 
uh, you have to divide them amongst parties. And Antifa is just another tool. Uh, is another in this narrative of a struggle to control power. But I always say to the folks who join these revolutionary girl groups, keep in mind, revolutions usually don't work out the way you want to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the French Revolution. The people who pushed for it got their heads chopped off into guillotines. The ones who thought that there was going to be a freedom for the workers on the Stalin got absolutely killed, and the gulags and the stalags, uh, the ones that uh, wanted uh, a change for the worker in China, uh, they even their scientists get shot in the head and dragged through the streets where you know um, millions of Muslims in China are put in concentration camps and killed. Um, so you want a revolution, you want to take the great system you have and destroy it, God bless you. There's a lot of money you can make in the process of destroying it. But at the end, somebody still has to run a system, right? Somebody still right. has to govern you. And you want to be governed in freedom or you want to be governed in chaos and from a plantation perspective where somebody comes in and actually tells you where to eat, how to eat, where to go, where not to go, how to worship, what to do, what to say, what not to say. And if you're part of that process, eventually the people, these so-called guys on the ground on the army, eventually you got to get rid of them because they'll become a liability for you. So today's Antifa, if it wins, will be tomorrow's first people on the chopping block because a person who is controller at the strategic level cannot have this type of an individual running around in his system. He can have him in your system because he's trying to destroy it, but he's not going to have him in his system. Majority of the people you use to conduct and search your operation at the end of the day get wiped out once you put the people you want in position of power. This is just basic operations. Okay. Well, hey, I, I appreciate this. This is very interesting. And I, where can people tell tell us a little bit about your organization and where people can learn more? Well, my organization is the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. And, um, you know, um, if people want, uh, they could go to any, you know, Near East Center for Strategic Engagement dot com and read about everything we have put up there. Um, uh, and we, we try to show and teach people link analysis. Uh, and we try to use open source to teach that because nations of the world talk to each other through their press. Um, and then the, they could go to the other organization I set up, which was United of Saint org, which we use money to fund our the multi-families of those poor Syrian Christians that were trying to survive in Iraq and Syria. Um, and, uh, of course, if people are really interested uh, right now, uh, I am running for Congress because I realized that I told, told the black community here and I told all the other immigrant communities that we deal with in the ninth, I said, if you're not at the table, you have no say. Mm-hmm. The only person who makes a decision, it ain't Antifa, it ain't, uh, it ain't uh, Black Lives Matter, it ain't there's some organization you created on the ground. It is a guy and a gal who is authorized to pass bills and legislation, and that's your elected official. And if you want to make a change, you need to be at that table. And I realized that a long time ago, that's why I'm running right now. I'm a Republican nominee and the night congressional district is going to be very difficult. It's a plus 18 Democrat has been gerrymandered that way. Mm. Uh, they even have a cemetery here that has been divided in two between my district and the 10th district. For what reason? I don't know. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, the people who retain power like to use any means 
at their disposal to stay in the incumbency. So if people want to uh, help uh, change this uh, current perspective of who's in Congress and how our nation is working, then they could vote me in in uh, November 3rd if they're in the 9th Congressional District, and they could help support with money and efforts that we need to run our campaign on their votesingiri.com. So they could go to votesingiri.com and uh, whatever they could do to help us, much appreciated. All I could do with the knowledge that I have, information that I have that I shared, I could go to Congress to help uh, reverse the damage that's being caused to our nation uh, by removing some of these incumbents out and bringing new perspective, fresh uh, blood in. And uh, I would encourage my military buddies who's been in the U.S. Army. We have a two-party system. We need both parties to work together. This is the only system we have. We don't have any other system. So my recommendation is uh, run both as Democrats and Republicans. And we got to get as many military guys that served on the be in Congress because, frankly, from my perspective, at least they've fought and bled for this nation or have seen blood. They understand what it means when they open their mouth and make decisions. Uh, and they're going to make the rest decision, hopefully, for our nation rather than just for themselves and uh, for their families. Only. Well, thank you, sir, for your time. I appreciate it. It's very interesting, and, and we'll definitely put some links up to your campaign as well as your uh, organization. You have a great day. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. I know I went on a little bit long, but uh, thank you for giving me that chance, and I hope sure. what I put out there helps your audience. It, it, it will. It's very informative. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Thank you very much. Uh, God bless. Bye-bye. And that concludes today's episode of the Caffeinated Thoughts Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you happen to be listening to this podcast somewhere other than on our website, please be sure to check out caffeinatedthoughts.com. Again, that's caffeinatedthoughts.com. Or you could just Google Caffeinated Thoughts, and it'll show up at the top of your search screen. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, sign up for our emails. That way you don't miss a single update. If you happen to be listening to this podcast um, on the website, you know, we also encourage you to uh, sign up for t- and subscribe to our podcast using your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean. If there's one that I'm missing here, you know, drop me a line at Shane at CaffeinatedThoughts.com and I'll try to make that happen. Until next time, my friends, again, thank you for listening. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you.